Uh, This morning, we are going to be in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians, verse 4. This week, uh, actually, I've been thinking about this for a while, Um, this idea of God wants us to be happy. Uh, As I say to you that God wants you to be happy, uh, immediately in some of our minds, we say, that's not right. God doesn't want me to be happy. That's weird. Um, maybe you would insert the term, God wants me to be holy. God wants me to be holy. He doesn't want me to be happy. He wants me to be holy. Uh, follow the logic there. Uh, he wants you to be holy and grouchy uh, and not happy, but unholy. Uh, And I've heard this before, that people say, well, does God want us to be holy or does he want us to be happy? And uh, maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe it's not A or B. Uh, Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. And this morning, as we look to God's word, we're going to share one of the simplest, easiest message in the whole Bible this morning. And it might be super difficult for us, me to preach, and for you to hear this morning. Uh, And it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you really the whole section. um, Just trusting that God will uh, teach us and uh, as we look at this for the next uh, couple of messages. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness uh, be known to everyone that the Lord is at hand. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. God, we ask your blessing on our time this morning. We ask that you would help us uh, to get to this place with you and that our life would reflect uh, what you have already done in us and that we would live in light of that now. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, uh, this message is very personal to me. I, uh, it, it's interesting when you talk about someone being joyful, um, I think that all of us know that that's the place we want to be, a joyful person. And uh, yet, if you could, it wouldn't be that exciting, but if you could have a, a, a picture of me, a video of me, I'd go live in your life, and you could check in with me through the day, uh, even if you didn't have sound, sometimes you could... See, on my countenance, you could say, oh, he doesn't look very happy right now. 
he doesn't look very joyful right now. Or maybe you just get an audio and that didn't sound very happy. That didn't sound very joyful. He didn't sound like he was pleased with his life. He didn't sound very blessed. Uh, you, you could see that in my life. And I'm not just saying that to try to connect with you. Uh, I'm trying to be honest. In fact, I was talking to Zach uh, this week, and uh, this is the kind of relationship uh, that I have with Zach, um, that sometimes I say some really harsh things to him for his benefit, for his benefit. I tell him, hey, why'd you do that? That was a bad way of doing that. You should do something different. Um, and this week, uh, I was talking to him about our, my message, and he said, there's something I want to tell you. He says, I've been here six years. I've been here six years, and uh, it seemed like you were more joyful when I came than you are today. And uh, that was one of those things where I go, I should probably think about that there. Is that getting me back in the office is what it amounted to. <laughs> I appreciate when people share honest words with me. Um, this morning we look at verse 4. And uh, what we're going to see is we're going to see a call and a command for joyful living. And really we're going to see that this is what God has commanded us. This is the life that we are to live. And this whole idea of does he want us to be happy or does he want us to be holy, uh, they are not one or the other. It's both. It's both. And in us pursuing and knowing and obeying and walking with him, this will be the blessed life for us. The life that's pleasing to him will also be pleasing to us as we walk with him. And so that's what we're going to see this morning. Um, the first word in, uh, that we're going to look at this morning in verse 4 is rejoice, rejoice. Now some of you, um, it, it's interesting, uh, you always got to be nervous as a pastor because sometimes when you speak, people listen. Uh, I, I say that, this happens sometimes, it's not all the time, um, but uh, I don't know when this happened. I don't know the first person to say it, but um, there, I, I believe it was in the 80s. I, I almost can name the person, but I won't do it for you here this morning. Uh, but people have, uh, pastors have stood up and talked about that happiness or being happy is ungodly, is ungodly, and joy is that which comes from God. Uh, joy is the Bible word. Happy is the sinful word. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, that's a problem. And what, what, when I say that people listen, then people keep repeating it. Especially if they're a popular pastor, they keep repeating it, and it becomes a thing when it's not a thing in the Bible. Um, the Bible uh, uses three or four words, both the Old Testament and New Testament, and they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable depending on on what the scenario is, or the passage, or the context, if you will. Uh, it's joy, happiness, blessedness, pleasure that comes from God. It's good. There's simple pleasures of just living that are, make you happy, pleasurable, they're good, they're, they're joy, they God's joy. They could just be things like a meal, sunset, you know, uh, 
your health, and things like that. And then there's a third category these words are used in, sinful pleasures. Momentary things that seem fun and exciting, and, and yet uh, quickly, because their sin, their disobedience, uh, they bring about the aftertaste, if you will. They linger on because they're wrong. It's the drunk that uh, gets drunk at night and wakes up with a hangover. That's what sin always does. There's hangover to it. There's aftermath. And the moment of sin is pleasurable, but that which happens uh, in the time is not so pleasurable. It's a great ripoff, if you will. And so this word rejoice, rejoice or find joy or uh, go about rejoicing, spoken of in verse 4, it's, it's one of Paul's favorite themes and, and one of his favorite themes for the book of Philippians. He's said it over and over again. If you think back to what we've already looked at, uh, he talks about really the joy that he has in the people because of their faith. He talks about the joy of knowing and confidence of knowing that they are one day uh, going to be, come to completion. He also speaks of joy uh, that the gospel's going forth, that it is happening and it's going out. Uh, he talks about them growing in the Lord and having unity, that that would bring him joy uh, over and over again. And, and really to think through uh, the, this particular passage, context. By the way, when I say context, I'm just saying that this little, this little verse, and it's really little this morning, it's really little, it fits into a letter. And it's, not, uh, it's a part of the message. And so we understand the Word of God in context. I think it's uh, in our world today, uh, we like to see beautiful pictures with verses on them. And that's good. It's a good reminder. But know that those words are not uh, found in that picture, but they're found in the Bible, found in a letter, and it all goes together. And so this morning when we hear rejoice, it's to a particular church, the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi is struggling, is struggling uh, very much so with the, the idea of living as Christians and being persecuted and the world not getting it and the world not falling into line. Uh, the world maybe targeting them for that simple reason. Um, when you think about that, I, I was thinking... Uh, in that same conversation with Zach, uh, I was talking with him, and I said, you know, you know what I've been thinking about all week? Forgive me for saying this. I, I just, it's not going to come out well. It's just not. Um, so there's, there's three groups of people in, in the Scripture. There's the, the young, the young, and like kids. Okay, the kids. There's kids. And then there's uh, young men and women. And then there's the old men and women antiques or classics, if you will. Um, and the, the, the grouping there is somewhere like this. 12 to teenagers, breaks from kids to young adults, young men, young women. And then somewhere in the 30s, somewhere in the 30s, you transfer over from being young to being older or the older men and women. Uh, some of you are classifying yourself right now. You're like, are you kidding me, pastor? Uh, I just got put in the old group. Um, 
Now, I, I just want to point something out. I just want to point something out. I, I shared this with Zach. Uh, which group struggles with being grouchy or bad attitude the most? Some of you don't want to say, right? Uh, you don't want to talk bad about your own kind, right? Uh, I, I, was, I was confessing to Zach, I'm 50. Uh, it's old men. It's old men. Uh, they struggle. And, and some of you uh, are, are doing better than others. Some of you are struggling, uh, struggling through it and getting through it and uh, walking with the Lord. But, but there's this, this grouchiness that comes with life. Sometimes the, the more miles you have on the tires, the, the truck doesn't run so well, right? And, and, and you can come up with more cares. Like what, one of the great things about being a kid is, is you don't even know what to be bothered about, right? You don't even get it. You don't know what to be afraid of. And you don't know, like, you're you just living life. And somebody else is going to take care of it and pay for it. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're going to take care of it. But uh, what we see in the Scripture is this command, rejoice. Paul speaks of it in the rest of the book of Philippians. And he goes over it. And really, if I can say it this way, he is is calling the Philippian church to go about and be a church in the midst of persecution with joy. With joy. Being joyful. <clears throat> this, is the, this verse, verse 4, is the longer version from 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Do, do you guys love to memorize Scripture? 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is for you. <clears throat> the whole verse, rejoice always. Rejoice always. It's the whole verse. Say it with me. Rejoice always. You just memorized the verse. Get you a patch. Um, what a great verse. And, and he expands. He expands on that. Uh, in this verse, in this passage, Paul wrote to the Thessalonica church. He, he wrote to the church at Philippi. Same deal. Same deal. Rejoice. Rejoice. I, I want to remind you, he also wrote in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Uh, maybe you know that passage. It's the fruits of the Spirit. And what is joy? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, and so I want to make this connection for you because I think it's important for us to see where does joy come from? Where does it come from? It comes from and out of a relationship with God as His Spirit works in us. It produces in us joy. Uh, this morning I want to be careful as we talk about rejoicing. This isn't something we muster up from within. It's not in us. It's in our relationship with God. As God has changed our hearts, He has changed our hearts and fit us that we might be able to have joy. Well, what are the words of joy? Um, I, I shared this with you earlier. It's, it's the word pleasure or blessed, happy, joyful, rejoicing. These are the words that as you read through the scripture, these are all connected with this idea that we might have joy. 
as you study these words, and, and specifically the, the word in this passage, it's the idea of having life, of having life. And, and we get it, right? Uh, when someone is truly joyful, life is bursting out of them. It's coming out. It's coming out not just uh, in the things that they say, but it's in their countenance. It's in uh, their excitement, and, uh, and it's just flowing from them. It's the way they work and the way they live and the way they walk and the way they talk. It comes from them. Joy comes bursting out uh, in the form of life. And so I would say this, uh, the contrary is also true. When we're stressed and discouraged and depressed, it's the sense of death coming over us. It's that sucking of life. And it's interesting that that catches like the flu in your house, right? If one person is stressed and depressed and down, it spreads to the other. It spreads to the other. And so uh, we look at these words of joy. This is what he calls us to. I want to point this out. I think I mentioned it briefly. Uh, this call to rejoice is a command. Is a command. Now, uh, when, when you read the Bible and you see a command, what do you think? What do you think? This is what God commands me to do. I have to do it. It's an issue of obedience. Uh, when I say obey, most of us uh, go back to our childhood and go, oh, no, oh, no, obey. You know, my mom and dad told me to do this, clean my room, do this, do that, do this. And if I don't obey, I'm in disobedience and I'm going to get spanked or I'm going to get timeouts or I'm going to get things taken away. My life is going to be miserable because of my parents and because I didn't obey. That's, that's what goes through my mind. My dad will be in the next service. I'll try to tone that down. Um, when I think of issues of obedience, sometimes I think about that. And I, I think about uh, some of the things in the Scripture. Sometimes we, it triggers in our mind, um, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. But, but I want to I point something out. I think this is so freeing to remember. This morning... Uh, it's a call to be joyful, that, that the joy should be found in your life and it should come out in your countenance, in your words, in the way you live. We're called to be joyful. It's a command. If it's a command, if it's a command, God knows you. I, I want to ask you, can you obey? Can you obey? Some of you are saying, that sounds like a trick question. It's not. It's not. If it's a command in the Scripture, with God's help, you can obey. Every time. Every time. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how foreign it is to you. It doesn't matter what family you came from. With God's help, you can obey. I want to encourage you about that because this morning, maybe some of you have jumped there in your minds. You said, okay, we're talking about joy and I'm not feeling very joyful today. And 
if the pastor only knew what kind of situation I came from and I'm in right now, he wouldn't be saying that I can be joyful because it's obvious that you can't be joyful because I'm not joyful and I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to tell you, even if you feel like you've sinned and you haven't been able to accomplish it, I want to tell you today, because it's a command and because God is not foolish or unreasonable and because God knows you and because God is a God of power, anything he calls you to obey He will also give you the strength to do so. And so this morning is an exciting morning because he has commanded us to rejoice. And so if he's commanded us to rejoice, there's strength to do so and we can do it. Um, That's exciting. I want to remind you that the context of joy in this passage For Paul, it was prison or being imprisoned or awaiting the verdict of his trial and what was going to happen to him next. Could be death, could be more imprisonment, could be... He doesn't know. So that's where Paul's writing about joy from. And he's writing to a church that is being persecuted for being a church. And probably other stuff, too, that we don't even know about. And so... Uh, It's from prison to persecution. And he says, rejoice, rejoice. He he, he didn't say you rejoice. He said, you know, this is is for all of us. This is rejoice. This is who we are. And Paul shares other places where he says over and over again, I rejoice, I rejoice. Um, I want to... Make sure I highlight this, that joy is not a thing inside that nobody knows about. I'm joyful in my heart. Well, if you're joyful in your heart, your heart should tell your face to do something about it, right? (laughs) If you're joyful in your heart, maybe your, your heart should tell your tongue to say something about it. It's all connected. I always think this is funny that we... uh, um, we always like to, uh, you know, say, well, it was my hand that did it, you know, or it was my eyes. or it was It's all your, your whole body. It's your person, right? Uh, it, it's not just one thing. It's, it's you that is the problem, you that is doing this. And so for us to make sure that we realize that if we are joyful, if we are Uh, obeying this command in rejoicing, it will come out in words. It will come out in the way we live and act and talk and all, all these other things. Joy from the Lord finds a way out of you. Uh, it just happens. Um, let me, uh, let me also say this just to be clear. Um, many people use the idea that God wants me to be happy to justify sin. To justify sin. I can't obey you right now, God, because I'm unhappy uh, in my relationship. I'm unhappy in my marriage. I'm unhappy with my kids. I'm unhappy with my job. I'm unhappy in my church. I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy. And because I'm unhappy, that's the thing that makes me unhappy. So I should change that out and then I'd get happiness and God wants me to be happy. 
I just want to tell you that if you are sinning, if you're sinning, if you're going against God's word, that is not the happiness that God wants you to have. Um, he wants the, the happiness that you experience to come in relationship with him, which brings us to in the Lord. So he calls us to rejoice, and now he calls us to rejoice in the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians, which we talked about earlier, rejoice always, he doesn't uh, put that. That's the condensed version. But in context, obviously, he's speaking to the church. Obviously, he's talking about the Lord's coming. He realized that, of course, it's in the Lord. And this idea of in the Lord means in relationship with him. As we are in relationship uh, with the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ, we realize that this is where this joy comes together, rejoicing in the Lord. It's not apart from the Lord. Um, it's not having a great personality and being a positive person. I, I know all of us know, I, I was driving yesterday and I, I was thinking about my message. I was going to Home Depot or something, going into town, uh, going into the big city. And um, I was following a car and you may even know this person. They may be even here this morning. I don't know. It says, happiness is being Italian. And I thought that was funny. Uh, first of all, I thought it was funny. Uh, I don't think, you know, if it, if it is a thing, maybe it's at the bakery in town and stuff like it. Happiness is being German. That's not a thing, right? Uh, Germans are grouchy. Like, it's not, they're not happy, right? It's, you know, uh, sauerkraut. You know, it doesn't sound happy, right? Uh, I, I, I thought it was funny because I said, happiness is being Italian. And I'm thinking about it and going, is that as good as it gets? You know, I, I want to tell you that, that what we're talking about, there are, is sinful happiness. That's not what's going to do it for us. There's things of life that can make us happy and grant us happiness. It could be all kinds of things. The food that we eat, the house that we live in, the, the, just the temporary things that we have. But that's not meant to cut it either. It's happiness that's in the Lord. Uh, it's coming from relationship with Him. It's not being from a happy family. It's not being for having a great personality. It's not even you telling yourself, I am going to be a positive person. It's supposed to be born out of and come from your relationship with God. Paul uses this idea of in the Lord uh, throughout the book of Philippians, you, you see it in verse 4 of chapter 1. He says, I'm confident in the Lord. I'm confident in the Lord. He realizes that he's waiting, but his confidence is not that they can do it, but that the Lord will be doing this in them. We see it in chapter 2, verse 19. He's talking about uh, the future, and he says, I hope in the Lord. And he's seeing the plan of God, and he's seeing things happen, and he says, I hope in the Lord. Um, and then... In that same idea, in chapter 2, verse 24, he says, I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord because he sees his plan working out. He says, I trust that the Lord's going to work out those things for the future. And then we looked at a couple of weeks ago in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I stand firm. He calls him to stand firm thus in the Lord, realizing that the strength of God in relationship will be the thing that gets them through. And we see that in the Lord. 
And even uh, last week when we talked about those two ladies, we talked about two ladies in church uh, last week. If you weren't here, it wasn't anybody in our church. It was somebody in the church of Philippi. But uh, they were in disagreement, and he called on them to agree in the Lord, to mend those fences and to become one and to get their relationship right together because of their relationship with the Lord. Think about that. That now we see that there's joy in the Lord, that we can have this rejoicing. It comes out of and through our relationship with the Lord. It needs the Lord. And this morning, I want to just point out some things before we move on. Um, If if you're not joyful today, if you're struggling with your joy, I just want to remind you that your joy needs the Lord. Your joy is dependent on the Lord. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need an adjustment, right? An adjustment. Uh, It's... I hate to bring this up, but uh, has your car ever broke down? <laughs> you know, uh, we have a car right now that's sitting in our uh, our field, uh, and uh, I, you know you can run the codes and stuff, and you know, it'll tell you what's wrong. I think there's nine or ten different codes. Uh, it said at the end, it said just throw it away, just throw it away, uh, uh, and and what there's pointing to is what's wrong. And I want to tell you, there, there are one or two problems if we don't have joy today. First of all, uh, we might be thinking wrong or focusing on the wrong thing. Our, our, our joy comes from the Lord, in the Lord, and so we need to look back to Him and our relationship with Him. Or secondly, we don't have a relationship with Him. We don't have the Lord, because if you don't have the Lord and you're trying to be joyful, I'm going to tell you, it's going to power out in your life. You, you can't, uh, it's, it's a fatal flaw. Join the Lord needs the Lord. And uh, I, I just want to tell you that sinful and earthly joy um, will power out. I, I think about, uh, many of you have watched a, a cute little Japanese lady who helps you clean your house. And her big thing is that you need to throw a bunch of junk away brilliant. Uh, uh, But she says, uh, pick up something and say, if it sparks joy, you should keep it. And I want to tell you that even something that sparks joy will, after a while, flame out. Flame out. It won't be the thing that sparks joy anymore. A possession will never do it. It might do it for a while. And and I want to tell you this, that's not necessarily bad either. The book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon tells us through the inspiration of God, eat, drink, and be merry, right? It's okay to enjoy the things of life. In fact, it's part of God's design. But if you're going to rejoice in things and truly be able to weather the the seasons, the, the turmoil, the persecution, the imprisonment, the financial fit, whatever it is, it will need to be more then what's here? It will need to be in the Lord. It needs to be in Jesus. And which brings us to my third uh, point of reflection this morning. Always. Always? Not just when we're healthy and wealthy. Not just when we're popular and we're winning. 
It's not just when I feel great and everybody tells me I'm great. It's not just then. It's always. It's interesting in the, the First Thessalonians passage, rejoice always. It is the word that he put in there. When you reduce it down, it is not just rejoice. It's rejoice always. This includes the opposite days. The days where we're broke and sickly. We're hated and, and, and we're losing at life. When we feel like a loser and everybody else thinks so as well and they're telling us. It's those days that we're called to rejoice as well. Maybe in your mind right now you're, you're, you're saying, uh, I can't be joyful right now. I can't do it. I want to tell you, yes, you can in the Lord. Yes, you can. If you know Him, if you have a relationship with Him, He commands you to rejoice today. And if He's commanded you to rejoice, guess what? He's going to give you the strength and the power and He's going to walk with you to do it, to rejoice. Well, um, what happens when I don't get what I want? What happens uh, if tomorrow the day turns worse or bad or uh, situations arise? What happens when I don't get what I want? I want to encourage you that what happens is we respond in obedience, trusting that God will provide for us and rejoice always. Which brings me to number four. Got rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Number three, always. And then he says, again, I will say rejoice. I don't think you can find other commands so abrupt as this. I, I, I think you can see, in fact, we're in a passage here. I think there's three or four points where he's tying this up, uh, tying up this letter. He talks about these ladies that need to be uh, agreeing the Lord. Now he says, and he's going bullet points, if you will. These are things that need to happen at the church at Philippi. These ladies need to agree in the Lord. And now he says, you need to rejoice. And then he's going to go on and list a few other things in tying this up. But one of the critical pieces is to rejoice. And it's as if Paul is looking at the church and, and as, as this is being read, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And they go, what? <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul must, you know, all those letters from maybe Epaphroditus and the, the word got back to him. Maybe he didn't understand our situation here. Maybe he didn't understand how tough it is to be a church in Philippi. Maybe he doesn't understand what we're going through. Maybe he doesn't understand the leadership in the church. Maybe he doesn't understand how, how difficult it is to get along with one another. Maybe he doesn't understand how bad of a church this is. I don't know what they were thinking. But he says, look, rejoice in the Lord always. And if you didn't get it the first time, I want you to know, I'm highlighting it, underlining it. I am focusing on it. I am telling you, I did mean to say that to you. And again, I will say it, rejoice. This morning, as we consider our life, maybe you're saying, well, that's not for me. That's, maybe the first one's not for you. First one, rejoice. But uh, 
But that's only because you won't listen when you're only told once. He says it again. The second one's for you. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. If you didn't get it the first time. And what's funny about this, as Paul says this, he's already said rejoice, 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 rejoice. In this, in this, you know, there's joy. This is what happens. Rejoice. There, there's all this rejoicing up to this point in chapter 4. And now he says it bluntly, succinctly. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say it. Rejoice. The repetition is for us an underline, if you will, that we would uh, remember that this is for us. This is for every situation. We are called to rejoice. I appreciate what Zach had to say, um, that we are a, um, a church, uh, we are worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. We're not just getting lost in a mood or, uh, or the music itself. Words matter. Words matter. And I want to encourage you that your mood doesn't need to change. Uh, it, it'll follow the truths that you buy into. It will, it'll, it'll follow the truths that you're thinking about and the things that you're, you're dwelling upon, the things that you're worshiping. And so this morning as we tie up, I have four things uh, that really that are joyful truths for you and for me. And I, I want to tell you that there's this kind of thing that I mentioned the car earlier your car, a good mechanic will uh, listen, you know, you drive your car in, and I've had this happen so many times where, uh, you know, I'm driving in whatever clunker I happen to be driving at that time, and uh, they, they drive, I drive in, and a mechanic comes out, and he's walking, and he says, oh, you have a this problem or that problem, and I go, I don't know what problem I have. That's why I came here. That's why I'm handing over my car here, because I know that something's wrong. But, and, he, and he hears and he listens and he says, I know something's wrong. Something needs to be fixed. I want to tell you this morning, uh, if we are grouchy, if we are uh, not uh, joyful people, that should trigger our own hearts to say something is wrong. Something needs to be changed. That's what needs to happen. And this morning, as uh, we conclude our time, I want to give you four joyful truths that I want to encourage you to walk yourself through. There's more than this. There's more than this. And, and, and what that is, uh, if you're grouchy, if you're depressed or distressed or stressed out or whatever, um, you, you, don't, you don't need somebody else to tell you. You need to walk with the Lord. And have a conversation with him. And he's already told you truths, but he'll tell them to you again. But to walk through that with the Lord. Uh, I want to give you a few things that you can talk yourself through in the Lord. The first one is this. Joyful truths to remember. God loves me. God loves me. That's not just a bumper sticker. It's not a bumper sticker. Uh, it, is, it could be a bumper sticker, it could be a shirt or a hat or whatever, tattoo if you will. Uh, God loves me, God loves me. It's not just a sentimental thing that, uh, yeah, God probably loves me. <laughs> it is a fact, a truth we can connect to. Do you know why? It says that God loves us so much that He sent His Son. He sent His Son. 
And so that's not something, it's not a cheap love. It's not something that he loves us when we were lovely. He loves us when we had a great attitude. It's a truth that uh, is true all the time that we can cling to that should cause us, should spark joy in our heart that is true and can be reliant. What? That God loves us. God loves us. Doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter what your health is. Doesn't matter what your finances are. It doesn't matter anything uh, about what's going on down here. We can know for certain that God loves us because he sent his son. Number two. Number two. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. You may be facing death. Uh, You may feel fearful. You, you, you may have all kinds of things going on in your life. But for you to, to look at this second truth and say, my sins are forgiven. Uh, I am right with God. There's no guilt or shame or condemnation in my life. That, that, that should thrill your heart that should change uh, your countenance my sins which i'm guilty of which i did blood on my hands fingerprints everywhere my sins are forgiven that's good stuff thank you rejoice rejoice There are others, uh, but God's promises in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, it says this, that God promises us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's good news. You should be left by the curb somewhere, maybe even kicked there, right? You should be off the bus, right? You, you, You don't have a place in here anymore. Because of what you've done, because of who you are, because of our failings, that that there's this idea that God should forsake us and leave us. But you know what he promises? Never happen. It'll never happen. God will never leave you nor forsake you. That should thrill your heart. I don't know what's going on today, but that should thrill your heart. That should cause joy to fill your heart and your heart should tell your tongue and your face, hey, it's a good day because God will never leave me nor forsake me. And then lastly, and like I said, there are many others. We could come up with a list of 100, I'm sure. Last thing I would say is this. Heaven is my forever home. My forever home. That this world is not my forever home. This body that I'm hanging on to, this this isn't going to last forever. But heaven, being with my heavenly Father, saved by His Son Jesus, will be my forever home. And as I think about that home compared to this home, that home's way better. And so in the midst of living down here where things may not be all that good, that we can smile and rejoice knowing that heaven is my forever home.
I hope these things are encouraging to you and can help you in your obeying God and rejoicing in your life today. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for the riches that you have given us and granted us in your son Jesus. God, sometimes it's hard for us. Uh, we get fixated on temporary things down here and we are attracted to sins that won't satisfy. In fact, they'll leave a bitter aftertaste to our lives. God, I ask that you would cause us as a church to pursue the joyful life that you have granted us in your son Jesus. That we would not make excuses uh, about why we can't be joyful today, but that we would humbly follow you, trusting that you will be enough for us and you will grant us and help us to live a life of joy uh, coming through your spirit working us. God, thank you for your church. Help us to encourage each other models to each other today in rejoicing. We're grateful that we are in you. That we are in the Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.